This is First Baptist Church for Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. Amen. Amen. Good morning, First Baptist Church of Country Hawking. Good morning. Thank you for having me back again. John, thanks for the prayer. Um, I just feel so at home when I come here. You know, and just hearing the testimonies and, and everything else about how God's spirit is moving amongst the people. It is, it is a pleasure to be here and it does my heart well. You know, because I am fed each and every time that I come. I hear something that lets me know that God is still working. Amen. Amen. So our scripture today is going to be Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3. Also, when I put down my Bible, please remind me not to forget it, because I always leave it. I'm going to put it back here, and I know I'm going to get started preaching. I'm going to forget all about it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The title of today's message is The Dangers of familiarity. You know, when we become familiar with something, we have a tendency to take it for granted. We have a tendency to miss the things that first attracted us to us. And so many times around this Christmas time, we become so familiar with the season and the things that have taken place that we forget the intricacies of what actually took place when Jesus took on flesh and came down into out amongst us. My hope today is that God revises the amazement of what he has done through his son. And we leave out of here knowing how much God loves us. Paul said that he wants us to understand the height, the depth, the length, and the width of God's love for us. So my goal today is that we leave out of here revived and focused on what God has done, who he is, and our role in this world today, 2023, country hawking and beyond. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Advent. Now, Advent is a season intended to prepare our hearts in the celebration of Christ's birth into this world. Advent is not mentioned in the Bible, but it is supported by Scripture. Centuries before the birth of Jesus took, took place, it was foretold by God's prophets. Isaiah, Micah, Jeremiah, Hosea, all said, He is coming. And then we see in the Gospel of John, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14. Now today I want to talk about hope. Hope. 
Hope is the foundation of faith. The object of hope is unseen and yet future. Hope motivates, hope energizes, and hope is a productive factor against despair, depression, and all other debilitating psychological reactions that may come as the consequence of living in this world. My question to you today is, where is your hope? In whom and in what is it placed? God proclaims to the world through the witness of his children a hope that produces faith in him. God proclaims to the world a hope that is made witness through his children. And this hope everyone has access to. Now before the birth of the Messiah, both the King David and the prophet Jeremiah encouraged God's people to hope in the Lord. King David in Psalm 25 says, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me because you are my God and my salvation. My hope is in you all day long. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed are they who trust in the Lord and whose hope is in God. They will be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads as its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it and are they us Cease from yielding the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the miracles of Jesus are evidence of things hoped for for all those that believe. And I want to talk about a few miracles, because he did many, but there was a lot of them that wasn't even written down in the scriptures. There's three in particular miracles I want to talk about. And the one miracle that I want to talk about is the thing where he actually did something. But the other side of Jesus' miracles is the things that he did not do. Those second two miracles I want to focus on, things that Jesus did not do. The first miracle I want to talk about is what we celebrate here during Advent is the virgin birth. And for my Catholic friends, which I was once one, the Immaculate conception. Amen? And what Jesus did is he humbled himself. The God of creation came out of heaven down to earth and took on a body and dwelt among us. That is a miracle. And there's a lot of people in the church and outside the church that no longer believe this. But we do. In the scripture, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And she is bewildered. 
how can this be? Because I have not known a man. He says, don't worry about it, Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you and the one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of Man. The Lamb of God who would come and die for the sin of the world is now laying in a manger some 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. Hope. 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 That is what Jesus did. In this miracle, he did something to make something happen. These next two miracles were serious things that he didn't do to allow things to happen. So the second miracle is the temptations that happen in the wilderness. It says that after Jesus' baptism, he is driven into the wilderness and fasts for 40 days. And each one of those days, throughout that time in the wilderness, the devil is tempting him, truly tempting him. But it only records the last three temptations before the devil moves on to a more opportune time. The first temptation, he says, after Jesus has fasted for 40 days, that he actually was hungry. So the temptation to turn rocks into bread was real. That temptation for us is not real. I can't turn rocks into bread, no matter how hard I try. But he could. And the devil knew it. And he was hungry. And his response was that man shall not live by bread alone, but he shall live by every word that comes from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he takes him up and shows him all the glory of all the nations throughout time in a moment of time. You know how strong Russia is today? You know how strong the United States is today? You know how strong China is today? That's just three of the largest nations and the most powerful nations today. We're going back to Babylon, Egypt, Assyria, Great Britain, and they're just the ones that I can remember on the top of my head. All the power and glory combined in a moment of time, and he tells Jesus, you can have all of this if you worship me. If you worship me. He says, get behind me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord thy God and him only. Then he takes him up on a high building and says, jump off. If you are the son of God, he will hold you up and his angels so you will not dash your foot against a stone. Satan, get behind me. You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And it said after all these temptations that Satan left him into a more opportune time. And then Jesus goes on, healing the sick, raising people from the dead, changing water into wine, all kind of things to let people know that he is who he says he is. 
And then he goes on and he takes and he goes in this in, in the reading of the scriptures, in the midst of all the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the uh, uh, leaders of the day, he picks up the book of Isaiah and begins to quote from Isaiah and says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has called me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to set the captives free. He has sent me to bring to those who are blind sight. And he has set me to set free those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the year of our Lord. And then he tells him today... This prophecy from Isaiah some 2,000 years ago is fulfilled in your sight. And their mind is blown. Who is this person? Isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? Little did they know that this was the son of God who became man and came down to be an atonement for the sin of all who would believe. So then we go to the next miracle. Jesus goes on and he's moving forward to what he actually came to do. And it drives him to the cross. And he's hanging on the cross. And Satan comes back again with some real temptations. And those who passed by. These are just the every average, everyday people looking at him hanging on the cross. Save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from that cross. He could have. He had the power to. But he didn't. He remained on that cross. Then the religious leaders of the day followed up. The chief priests, scribes, and elders also mocked him. If you are the king of Israel, come down from that cross. And guess what? Then we will believe you. If you come down. And lastly, he's hanging between two criminals. And one of the criminals had the audacity to say, you saved other people. Save yourself and save us too. And the miracle is... He stayed on the cross. Now the miracles of Jesus are evidence of the things that we believers hope for. These miracles are paid, are sent by, and they're revealed so we may continually have hope. Now we know that the promises of God proclaimed by the prophets are only partially fulfilled in the one born in the manger in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. There's still pain. There's still suffering. There's still heartache. And there's still death. But the Apostle Paul lets us know that what we have experienced from God today is only, only a taste of what we should look forward to. It says, he says the suffering in Romans 8, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, in you, in me. 
There's a glory yet to come. Hope. The characteristics of hope are things that are not yet seen and future. Part of the Christian life and the believer's life is God puts us in positions where we have to hope that what he said is true. And he gives us evidence through Jesus Christ to let us know that he is the one that keeps his promises. So the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? If you have it, why are you going to hope for it? You ain't hoping for it. You don't need it. But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. This is the Christian life. That's why we have the Advent season so we can focus. Focus. So God can fill our hearts with hope. So he can fill our hearts with peace, love, and joy. Because Lord knows we need it and the world definitely needs it. So there is power in the hope God gives to his children. I want you to miss this. There is power in the hope that God gives to his children. We don't conjure up hope. Could you imagine that? The situations you find yourself in and you have to conjure up hope? You will be hopeless. God takes it on his shoulder to put hope in your heart. And that is another miracle as a result of what the baby Jesus had come to do. So he's asking us to fix our focus on the evidence that reveals to you and I that he will provide hope in your heart by the way of his spirit. He will put hope in your heart and my heart by the way of his spirit. And if you hope in God, you will never be ashamed because he keeps his promises. Promises. Amen? We saw that the, that the prophets prophesied many thousands of years before the baby Jesus was born. And he came. And he did what he said he was going to do. All he desires is the hope that he places in your heart is stayed on him. All he desired is that we hope in him and no other God. Because trust me when I tell you, you will be tempted to do it. You will be tempted to do it. And he knows it. That's why he has given us evidence. And not only has he given us evidence, he has given us a model. Because the, first, the second Adam didn't do what the first Adam did. The first Adam fell for the temptation. The second Adam didn't. 
truly God and truly man. So in closing, I just want to encourage us all to hold on to our hope. We are living between the first and the second advent of Jesus. He came once and he has promised to come again. So as you go through this Christmas season, fix your focus on the evidence that God has provided and he, he, he will fill your hope with heart. You don't, he will fill your heart with hope. You don't have to do it yourself. That's, that's his gift. If you're looking for a gift during Christmas, his gift for his people and his children, for all those that believe in him, is that he will place into your heart a hope that passes all understanding. And the people will look at you and say, how in the world is she or he doing this? Little do they know that the hope is placed on a God that passes all understanding. The hope is placed on a God that sent his son, that took on flesh and came down and dwelt amongst us. The hope is built on a God whose son laid on the cross while they spat on him, jeered him, mocked him, and tempted him to come down. If you are who you say you are, then turn and worship another God. And he stood fast. And the gift is that he had placed hope in the hearts of every and all who are faced and believe in him. Finally, remember the miracles of Jesus. And some of the foundations of all the miracles are these three things that he's done. One, he humbled himself. Two, when tempted, he never worshiped another God. And this is a model for us as we go through our daily life. But particularly in this Advent season, on this first week, we are focusing on hope. A hope that is only given to people from God. Our job is to keep that hope fixed on him. So remember the miracles of Jesus. He humbled himself, one. Two, when tempted, he never worshiped another God. And three, he persevered, endured to the end so that you and I could receive the reward as evidence of the things that are hoped for. As we start under the scripture today, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. We will now prepare for communion.